More than half of all companies globally are family-owned or operated. Family businesses contribute 70% of the world's GDP and account for 65% of jobs. Their voices are important. Their stories must be told. Brought to you by the award-winning publication, Tharavat Magazine. This is the Family Business Voice with your host, Ramya Elagami. As the son of a PhD in organic chemistry, Philip Kali was exposed to the discipline from a very young age. He distinctly remembers coming home from school one afternoon to find a makeshift laboratory set up in his London bedroom. The myriad of Bunsen burner flasks and test tubes, a father's experiment to confer his passion for science and entrepreneurship on the next generation, left a lasting impression on the boy. And yet, it took 25 years before Philip's aspirations in the family's laundry detergent business came to bear. We sat down with Philip to talk about the early days at Ideal, the importance of authenticity in marketing, and the various strengths family members add to the company. Enjoy this episode with Philip. There we go. Okay, so Philip. We just found your family business uh, through our research, and we just liked it so much. We just liked the way you guys communicate about it and everything, and we were just curious if you could tell us the story of the family business in your own words, if you wouldn't mind. Yeah, sure. Well, um, it's really all down to my father, who started the business originally in 1980, but he had a little road before he sort of started um, the company as ideal beforehand. Um, Basically, he was uh, kind of young boffin. Straight out of straight out of uh, completing his doctorate in organic chemistry um, in London, and he was working in a laboratory uh, for a company called British Hydrological Corporation. And uh, I don't know if he was enjoying it so much, um, but he was he, he was kind of he liked resolving problems. So he was um, yeah he was working as chief chemist, and, and basically it's the only time really he's ever worked for anyone else. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, to like, you, if you knew him, you'd understand that he sort of isn't cut out to work for anyone else. Uh, <laughs> but so, so it's 1975 going into 1976. It was a year, the year Rocky was released, which is important for us. So, we're <laughs> big fans. <laughs> uh, and basically, he was invited by this laundry. Uh, it's called James Hayes Group. And at the time, it was the biggest laundry in Europe. Uh, and they were having real problems with persistent staining that they just couldn't remove uh, using sort of conventional chemistry at the time, which was really basic. Basically, no one had applied any modern chemistry techniques to the laundry industry at that point, um, certainly not the industrial side. And so someone asked him to have a look at it, and he, by chance, had been talking to a French guy about some new surfactant technology to do with something else, and basically made up some stuff in the lab Went to the uh, went to this laundry, and uh, with a bucket of you know uh, product, and n- never used a, an industrial washing machine. And to be honest, I don't think my dad had ever used a, commo- a domestic washing machine either. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, didn't really know what he was doing, so he got had this guy sort of um, who was supposed to help him. Who thought you know who's this who's this like crazy scientist guy thinking he's going to solve everything. And my dad just sort of threw some stuff in the machine, told them to wash it and rinse it, uh, and it came out like ridiculously clean. And, and the guy operating the machine was like, "Wow, how did you do that?" Um, you know. And then he went to call his manager. Manager came back and said, "Okay, let me see what you did. Do it again." 
And but my dad then sort of tweaked the process a little bit. And the manager was so impressed. He marched my dad into his office and then sort of sat him down and said, right, what is this product? What do you call it? I need it. Uh, my dad said, I don't have a name for it. I haven't, you know, we don't even make it. And he said, I don't care. And wrote out this order for four tons of what he called Cali's Magic Mix. <laughs> so, yeah, basically, my dad got to thinking I've got something pretty special here. Well, I, I just like that Cali's Magic Mix could have been used yeah. as, like, you know, to make cakes as well at the same time, oh, yeah. right? Like, it's such an omni, omni applicable name. It's such a great name to come up with. I love it. So, what happened? But yeah, so at, at the time, then after my dad had come up with this product, he went back to his boss at the time, who apparently was a guy who liked to drink used to come into his office, put the do not disturb sign on his door and sort of wouldn't let people come in until he'd sobered up later in the afternoon. Apparently my dad went and knocked on his door and said, look, I've got a really good product here that I think could revolutionise the laundry industry. This guy was like, no way, not interested. We're not competing with the big soper companies. You know, they've got this sewn up. So my dad kind of disgruntled went away and decided in the background to start thinking about how he was going to um, do it himself without any investment, without any sort of help from anyone. He's, I mean, I still can't believe it, to be honest, that he's managed to, you know, set up a manufacturing plant and, and we're still going today in, in that field. And, you know, I genuinely think he's one of the foremost experts, certainly in the UK in, in, in laundry uh, detergent manufacturer. So yeah, it's, uh, I think it's quite an achievement and he doesn't, he doesn't acknowledge it himself, you know. Uh, what I just love about it, though, like it's one of those stories where you just realize that the moment you say yes to certain things, even if they're yeah. totally out of your comfort zone, like the yeah. most unexpected results can come from these things, right? Like it's just a wonderful and inspirational as well, even though at the time probably you didn't think of it in that way at all. No. So how did he manage to build the business? And also like how did you find the business when you started working in it? Like what did it look like and, and what did you bring to the table immediately once you started? Yeah, well, I think I think that's very true. I think he's suffered from this kind of hero syndrome where he's the guy that customers want to deal with, the guy that goes in to resolve problems. And I think for a long time, his focus was going out and getting business because his marketing for the business, although he hasn't, <laughs> he'll be the first to tell you, he won't mind me saying he is terrible when it comes to marketing. And genuinely, <laughs> if he had had someone around at the inception of the company who was really you know, focused on marketing, I think we could have been far bigger um, and more successful. So he's, he's kind of always just managed it at a comfortable level. In terms of how he's sort of staffed the business, he's always been determined to bring family into the business. Really? My mum worked in the business for a short while. My grandfather, who was my mum's father, uh, worked in the business for a while. Uh, my cousin worked in the business. <laughs> you know, he's had some brilliant people. When we've got, we've got so our, our technical director has been with my dad since day one. Mm. He was his lab assistant at, at the British Hydrological Corporation. Um, my dad used to sort of send him out to get stuff for him at lunch and stuff. So they've had this amazing dynamic since then. I mean, there's 40 years of working together. Um, we've got uh, this amazing lady, Sharon, who's our purchasing manager and quality control. She joined on my dad's 50th birthday. So, yeah. So, so, so when you joined, though, Philip, that meant yeah. that you, you walked into not just your, your father's office, but to yeah. like all these very experienced <laughs> people. And then you came in as the, the son of the owner and stuff. How did that go down? How did oh, it's, tough. it's really tough. I mean, I don't know if you know anything about my background, but I, I worked at a music magazine, went to art college and managed a rock and roll band. So they knew of me. I mean, they knew me since I was a kid. They knew 
and they would have heard from my dad what my interests were and what I was up to. I don't think they thought I was staying around. <laughs> it felt like coming into a family business, even though it was my family. Um, the family is much broader than that. But then you did bring about quite a lot of change, right? Like when the moment yes. that you came in, there was a lot about, and, and particularly like to also focus on the branding and marketing strategy here of Ideal, which is quite an interesting story. When you joined, the whole image of the company started changing. I believe you had a lot to do with that, or like primarily that was your fault, I would say. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. so first off, what were the surprises for you when you started working on the company? And then why did you focus so strongly on sort of, you know, working on the branding and communication strategy first? Yeah, I mean, it's not so much that I changed the branding strategy. It's that there really wasn't one. Mm. You know, they just it was, it was a vacuum. Uh, they had the most archaic web page that you could ever have seen. And, you know, they had like a brochure that looked like we were operating some nuclear facility. <laughs> it was a grey factory on a red background. Um, honestly, uh, I mean, we, should almost, we should almost sort of post images of that. <laughs> I'm sorry, that's, that's amazing. <laughs> but it, it didn't represent the kind of business that we were because mm -hmm. it was a group of real people making real things in a lovely factory and in a sort of rural town in England, you know, it was, yeah. it's, it was a great story and I, I could see that. It's funny because I, I don't think of myself as a marketeer or I have no uh, expertise in marketing, but I, but I definitely understood the value from my time managing the band. So I, I realized how people bought into the idea of the band and people wanted to be a part of something when they saw, they understood a bit more about them. So so none of our competitors, none of our customers, none of our suppliers were using Facebook, or Twitter, or anything else. And I just, I just started it one day. Just you know, I just, uh, I think I, I might have done a Facebook first or a Twitter at the same time, uh, and you know, announced it in a board meeting. Um, and they were like, "Well, before you doing that, it's a waste of time." And you know, I'd sort of each meeting report on how there was some sort of growth. And before we knew it, we were. We were sort of number one on this We Follow platform as the most influential company in laundry, which is amazing. What I, I just found to be remarkable about your story is like you guys definitely have the courage to go for it. Or like, you know, you, you somehow pushed it through maybe without anyone realizing what you were doing. But then you, you went further than that. You realized the potential of marketing through digital channels, but then also to sell through digital channels. So like, and then came the e-commerce like only three years later. That's right. Um, yeah. That was launched, a very impressive e-commerce operation. So like how did like sort of like your experience on like, you know, how you marketed it then informed that strategy? Like how did you get from one to the other? Well, you, you quite quickly realize now that you don't need uh, that you've, you know, we used to have distributors in the UK. And I think yeah. we started to realize that we were a stronger brand as a manufacturer than some of the people that were buying our products to sell on. When you're in control of your social channels and you, you follow up with sort of uh, some, you know, we did quite a lot of uh, industry trade press and exhibitions. We started to get like this great reaction from people who started to recognize that we were, we had the same values as them or they, you know, they wanted to, you know, it's, it's a great feeling when you don't feel you have to go and sell to people. Yeah. They feel like they've found you and they want to buy from you because they like what you're about. Um, and that, that for me was all I ever wanted to do, you know. The family ownership factor. Mm. Do you feel like it's been really important? Like, has it been something that you've been able to leverage on? Do you feel like people respond 
to the fact that you know there's a family this is a family business as opposed to maybe some of the others i think i think people understand that you know people that run a family business or work in a family business um care deeply about the image of the business and and how the business is perceived and and how it functions i think that that is reflected in in you know the customers that we have equally a lot of our customers genuinely are also family run businesses mm-hmm. um, and i think you understand the challenges that they face and they understand that you understand and it's this mm-hmm. kind of mutual um respect that you have for how hard it can be i guess yeah. that's not to say that we only work with family businesses and and for some people i don't think it matters you know um i think genuinely we have customers that that will work with us because they like our products um but yeah it, it, it's something that we leverage on it's something that we've noticed that our competitors if they also have uh family elements their business have also leveraged off as well it's an interesting one isn't it it can be a risky strategy depending on on how many black sheep you have in the family i guess but like it can also be a, it can also be a great thing and it really hugely worked here but i mean imagine someone of your family walking around in a stained shirt i mean that just wouldn't do right <laughs> but um i just i was just wondering because you did take that unconventional step towards transforming the factory into a showroom right i think it's called the washateria is it is that correct yeah yeah, yeah it's the fancy name for a, a, like our on-site laundrette it's it's <laughs> just it's just ideal so i think that the the washateria concept for instance like you know that i was just wondering because it's a brick and mortar um mm-hmm. investment for you guys which is something that you know everyone is sort of like very fearful of these days again like saying like oh is it worth it do people still want a physical experience with a brand so if not the data like what convinced you that this was a good approach for you and that this was going to work it you know it's worked on so many levels first of all basically i mean i'm a big fan of um process and going on factory tours you know i'm very lucky in my job in that when we you know we we work with a lot of laundries that run factories and other businesses that operate on sort of a large scale where we're supplying cleaning equipment there's nothing i like more than going around and seeing what people do and you can you instantly know what's a well run business what's a good business who who's running a business you want to be involved with and like when you see a well run operation that's got a real vision you you want to be a part of it and i think we realized that the thing that differentiated us from most other businesses or suppliers was that we actually made the stuff ourselves mm-hmm. you know we have the chemists in the laboratory we've got the factory producing we pack everything ourselves we've got the people in our production office and in our you know the main office doing the kind of the day-to-day admin stuff lovely people and we wanted people to come and see what we did mm-hmm. and how we did it it works kind of threefold so that so there was that there was also the internal pr of allowing of getting our own staff excited about what they were doing yeah um and so by putting the wash tier in they were able to see what we make being used and see how effective it is and you know cuz before that it was just this stuff that ended up on a loading bay that went out so they didn't even know where it went out now they see customers from some prestigious locations or laundries or we've got some quite high profile brands that we make for they're walking around the factory and these guys are getting to meet them and they're like wow we're making this stuff that's getting sold on these shelves in this store um that's really important thirdly it's um you know we we're, we're genuinely really proud of what we do so you know inviting people to see us is the best it's the best way you know you don't there's no 
um, issue of telling fibs or over delivering, over promising, under delivering. This is like come and see us at our messiest. You know, come and see what we do. You know, we're making the stuff. Come and see it. And it's amazing how positive people's reactions are. It's interesting that this combination between the two generations has really worked out for you guys, like, and has, has allowed you to go to the next stage. Now, when you when you dare look long-term in the future, and I know that most family businesses um, think like that also with your sustainability angle, clearly your intent to be there for a while. Um, how do you think it's going to work out now in the future? Like, you know, as your father maybe like really steps back, you know, who takes over that when the inventor spirit is not actually in the in the business anymore that much like are you worried about it like are you anticipating it what's your approach to that and we, we definitely had this conversation about five years ago mm-hmm. and part and we so we've we've had a kind of succession strategy uh for some years now and we've em- employed a new phd chemist uh, and he's really excellent he's worked uh with the technical director for the last two years mm-hmm. uh he's you know he he's aware of his potential future uh, he's really come on really well. We've got another PhD uh, chemist who's working with us on a special KTP project, a knowledge transfer project, who's also in the laboratory. Um, and we brought in quite a few graduate chemists in the field. Mm-hmm. So in terms of sort of plugging uh, the hole where there was any sort of uh, shortfall in innovation, I think we've more than done that. Mm-hmm. Uh, in terms of like keeping it a family business, I'm assuming that must be a priority to you guys generally. Or yes, it's really interesting that idea of becoming. I mean, I am the managing director of the business, and I think I've got a good model for how we can sustain our level and become a better company mm-hmm. and a better place for everyone to work. And that that for me is really really strong vision. And I think my dad supports that. We mm-hmm. you know we we have had opportunities to cash in so to speak on the business it's not our intention we, we really love what we have we're really proud of it i want to be able to pass something on as well um so my wife has joined the business this year um you know she's she's got a huge value to add again a completely different uh, skill set to me uh and also my brother-in-law her brother uh is our export manager and he's fantastic uh, he speaks sort of six languages which is great you know and we've you know, basically, through my powers of persuasion and enthusiasm, managed to get him excited about what we do, which it still baffles me because I do. I like. I really love the idea that we can get people excited about what we do because on paper, what we do is incredibly dull. You know, it's it's everyday products that everyone <laughs> takes very little interest in. But I, I strongly believe you can make anything exciting if you get people to believe that you're trying to do it better than the way it's been done before. Well, I mean, we, we can't wait to see what you're, what you're doing in the future with, uh, with ideal and, and the magical mixtures. We hope that you start <laughs> off getting your son a, a chemistry set early on. As we have seen, that works. Listen to the father. Uh, but Philip, thank you so much. This has been uh, an you. incredibly enjoyable interview. Fantastic. Yeah. All right. Okay. Well, thank you so much. Thank you for listening to the Family Business Voice. Subscribe to our channels now on iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher or Spotify to be notified of our weekly episodes.